This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Ming. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome to the Behold podcast. Uh, this is Sean, and we also have Dan and Charlie this week. Say hello, my friends. Hello, Beholders. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy. I'm going to keep driving that home. Uh, oh, I know you guys okay. hate it, but I love calling them Beholders, whoever they are out there. I don't hate it. I am completely neutral. Listener, I, I Beholder. Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> That's okay, Charlie. We've got That's the okay. spectrum. We've got the full you spectrum can't, here. I'm, we're over Zoom, so you can't throw anything at me. So, you know so what? I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it. Just as Christ has welcomed you both, I'm chill with you guys. It's okay. Look at, nice. you. Uh, Look at you. Hey, before we jump into uh, this week's episode, how are you guys? Has, just let's do this. What's one eventful or memorable thing that has happened in the last few days for you guys? Well, it's it's been a fun time in the Gillette household because it, the girls have been gone. They left us. Emily Freedom. took Hazel. I know Emily took Hazel to Santa Cruz for a little getaway with some of the other female members of her family, and so it was just me and the boys for four whole days, wow. and uh, it was really fun. We we got out and did a lot of cool stuff, but probably the funnest thing I think we did was we we went to go to uh, the spot in Modesto, um, the I think it's the Stanislaus River or something some kind of river goes through modesto and we we um my dad told us about this spot and he took us to this spot where we uh you can just jump in the river and and it's move it's pretty deep and it's moving pretty quick and so we just we just had a great old time like we found some places to like jump off jump off you know some rocks into the river we we brought a big rope and tied it across and then we, we'd like jump in at one end and like wrestle and float down, you know, and then like hold on to the rope and like, don't let go. And, um, it was crazy. So we we're having a great time. And like, you know, after we were there for about an hour, uh, I go to like, look at my watch and my, my, my stupid little Apple watch and it's gone. It's totally gone. And I'm like, no. Hey, so better, just, Hey, better your watch than Cohen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So anyway, so, so me and the boys, we, I, I, I'm like, let's start praying, you know? And, and they have their goggles cause my kids can't go in water without goggles. I don't know if other kids are like that. Um, but so we're like going to the spot where we were jumping in and it's like all it's in the shade. So you know how like a river, it's kind of clear if the sun's shining, but in the shade, it's like just dark and murky. And so we just go there and we're praying and and I start feeling around the bottom of the the river and I'm like up to my neck. It's like deep and I'm, and I'm feeling around and just, I'm like, there's no way we're going to find this. And then like after 30 seconds, my toe came across something and I'm like, I think that's it. And I like monkey footed it up and dude, it was my watch. And it was like totally perfect. I mean, great condition. And you gotta, it's just, it was a straight up miracle because this rip, we'd been there for an hour. the, The watch could have been anywhere. And the river was like moving really fast. And anyway, so just cool. It was a cool moment of like God's favor and blessing. And, uh, it was, I, we got to, I got to talk to my boys about how God, you know, sometimes answers like even like little silly prayers. I mean, it's just a stupid Apple watch, but it was, it was a fun, a fun time all around. And, and, uh, 
and we didn't lose. I didn't lose any of the boys. The boys it's survived. The, gr- the girls are back. <laughs> Emily came home. The house was clean. The laundry was done. That's the miracle. Um, That's the miracle yeah. of miracles right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was it was a little bit of a mad scramble this morning. I'll be honest, uh, cleaning the house up in time for her to walk home. But I got I scored some major brownie points for that. Love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like many of you, uh, we have been just frantically trying to figure out how to make uh, school work when school gets back in session. So we have undertaken the incredible project of moving our children's bedroom into our bedroom and our bedroom into the children's bedroom. Wow. Uh, and so it, it just because this room has uh, the room that Sarah and I have, have had, it has a lot more space. And just with the desk and some space for them to study and stuff, it just made the most sense to to swap rooms. So it's just been <laughs> chaos uh, Dang, with, with stuff. But it should be done in the next couple days and we'll, we'll, we'll get going. It'll be good. Dang, I don't even want to think about school yet, man. You just <laughs> made me super depressed. We've got like three weeks. It's like three weeks away. It's crazy. It's not enough time. For some people, it's like two weeks away. So I say just skip it. Just cancel 2020 altogether. <laughs> How about you, Sean? What's one eventful thing that happened in your week? Wow. On that cheery note, um, actually, this was today, and this is going to get a little bit graphic, but... <laughs> <laughs> this is quite a preface. This morning I was uh, working in the garage out working on something and Patty opens the door and she's just like, Sean, you need to come here right now. And I was like, oh, so I follow her in and then we, she takes me into our third bedroom, which is kind of like the cat room right now. And I mean, you guys have seen all of, she's a small cat and I kid you not like four and a half feet from the floor, just on the wall is a giant cat turd stuck to the wall. What? <laughs> like, how is that even possible? It was like so bizarre, a complete like dumb and dumber moment. And I was like, what, what, what happened? And she's like, I don't know. All of freaked out. I came in here and there's a turd on the wall. Anyways, she's, she's, she's starting to throw tur- her own feces. Apparently, all apparently like I think, what, I think what happened is she had like a dingleberry. That's a uh, official term. If you don't know that, we'll explain it later. She had, <laughs> really? Are. It'll be, a, there'll be a, a description in the show notes. Yeah. I think she had a, a, a dingleberry <laughs> and then did some like cat acrobatics and somehow said turd ended up on my, my wall. So that was oh eventful for me. Uh, and you don't even, you don't what even are we have doing human, right now. You don't even have human children yet, and you're already dealing with feces on the wall. I know it's going to be is... quite the party when that comes. Um, so, all of that said, welcome to the Behold Podcast, where we're here to, <laughs> to talk about Jesus Christ. So, Charlie, my dear friend, bring us home, buddy. So, on Sunday, uh, we were going to that last portion of Romans 15. So, give us just a really quick recap on what Paul was saying, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, really, we, we just had it split into two major things. One, that ministry or service, remember ministry and service are synonymous, uh, but it brings delight when we keep the following things in mind, right? If we can, if we can maintain this mindset that uh, we have been called to mission, we have been called to glorify Jesus, we have been given gifts to, to benefit the kingdom, um, and so we want to stay mission-minded, we want to enjoy the process and the evidence of God's kindness through the process, even when... Even when uh, uh, the hindrances come up, which I want to address in just a minute. 
Um, but thirdly, we remember that service runs both ways. So when we keep those three things, mission-mindedness, enjoying the process and, and enjoying the evidence of God's kindness and remembering that service runs both ways, when we keep those things in mind, um, we will delight. We will delight in the process. We will, we will enjoy uh, what it is that God has, has called us to do because the priorities are set, right? And I think we'll talk about this later, but it's all, it's all uh, wrapped into um, that, that deep intimacy and relationship with God, that we want to continually mm-hmm. walk in that. Uh, the second major thing was ministry or service demands prayer support from the body of believers. And we see Paul um, asking those in Rome to be determined with him, to strive with him in prayer um, for the following things, right? That he would be protected and that he would be delighted, right? That he would be uh, uh, find pleasure in the process of the work that he was doing with this anticipation that when he does get to Rome, uh, there would be a great benefit for all involved. That if Paul can, can engage in this next aspect of ministry with protection and with delight, it will make his time in Rome that much better. Uh, and, and so he says, man, would you partner with me in praying and then just be excited uh, about what's to come? And then, and then the last thing we talked about was just that access to God's tranquility, that peace that passes understanding that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what's going on, because of what we have uh, with God through Jesus, um, we, we can operate in, in security and stability, tranquility and peace. Yeah, so, so I, you know, I said I wanted to mention this um, just in the hindrance piece. And even as I taught, you know, I kind of had this check of, uh, am I explaining this well? And so listening back, I would love to use this opportunity just to say, um, man, if, if there is something in your life that is hindering your relationship with God or it's hindering your, your growth in relationship with others, um, those are not the hindrances that, that we're talking about here, that we want to rejoice and see God's kindness in the process. Those are hindrances that we want to uh, expel from our life, that we want to call on God to, to remove um, from, 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 our, from our path, right? Um, what we're talking about from, from Romans 15 are those things that just come and, and change the plan or, or people that come into our lives that can suck up time. Things, things that, that take place that, that might not be our, our primary or our prior, priority of focus, and we feel like these things are hindering. And in, in, in those terms, hindrances are neither a negative or a positive. How we respond to those hindrances are either going to be uh, have negative effects or positive effects in our life. And for Paul... He, he saw this journey to Jerusalem. I mean, it was a hindrance to what he ultimately wanted to do, where he wanted to go. But he saw it as a beneficial thing. He, he wanted to delight in the process. He wanted God's protection over the process. Uh, and he viewed it as an opportunity to experience God's kindness. And so that's, I just wanted to make that, that clear, that, man, we don't rejoice over the hindrances that that harm our relationship with the Lord. That's not what we're saying. We rejoice over the ones that come and make us have to reassess and reprioritize because in that process, God wants to demonstrate his kindness and goodness. Thanks for that clarification, Charlie, for sure. And I think it's one of the great things about this podcast is we can, we can kind of, we have got more time, you know, to, cause I know our time on Sundays is always, we always have, we have parameters there. 
And so it's great to, to have you and other guys from the teaching team on just to say, Hey, here's something we, you know, we want to clarify. Here's something we didn't have time to get to or whatever. So thanks for that. That's, that's super uh, helpful and, and, and builds us up. So thanks. Yeah, Charlie, I agree. Super helpful. Um, and, and speaking of hindrances, that's kind of a good lead in for maybe the first thing we can talk about, which, um, I don't know about you guys. Well, you, Charlie, you're a given, but for you, Dan, but on Sunday, one of the big things that immediately stuck out to me that I was chewing on was just this idea of service running both ways. This idea of really what God's plan and design is not for just a uh, church, but really for, for life, for relationship. Uh, and, and it's a more involved thing than just, uh, knowing somebody, um, and in the church context, it's a more involved thing than just showing up and listening on Sundays. Uh, but there, there's something implied there that it's a two-way flowing river street there. So that got me thinking just about the the state of the church uh, in our area and our in our nation. And there's definitely this thing where people, uh, there's many hindrances, but there's this thing where people aren't serving. You know, they're going to church on Sundays, hopefully. Uh, but they're not serving. They're they're missing out on that part of that that two way arrangement. Um, I, I marked it in my notes as the CCC, the the, the Church of Christian Consumerists. Um, so just in thinking about that, like, what do you guys think? What are some hindrances that are keeping people from serving? And then how would you respond to those things? You know, I, I honestly I think that the ultimate hindrance is a uh, is a improper view of life. I mean, I think that we live in a society that is so individualistic and it's about getting the new stuff. It's about it's about upgrading the the whatever it might be. It's about um, keeping up with with the neighbors or the family or the whoever. Right. And and, and so much of what we do is is centered centered around that kind of mindset. It's the consumerism mindset. And to, to think that that doesn't bleed into the church is is foolishness, right? Of, of course, it's going to have its effect in 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 the church, but we've got to be on guard. Um, I really do think that that when our understanding of life aligns with what God tells us life is in Scripture, um, nothing will get in the way of, of our service. Mm. And and I think that it has to start there because again, if it's if it just becomes about oh. They said, I have to serve. Now I've got to serve and I've got to do these different things. And it's all about, you know what I mean? It, that goes right back into that consumerism mindset, even, even if we're pouring out, you know what I mean? Because it's, I'm doing it for me because I'm being told that this is what I'm supposed to do. No, it's got to be motivated, uh, empowered by a relationship with the Lord and one that is built on truth, right? That we understand what his truth is saying. We understand what he has freed us for. And we're not so concerned about what's next, Totally. And that, and, and that is the, the, the starting point. I like how you said that. And, and, but just because we have the right starting point doesn't mean that the hindrances won't come, right? That, 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 that starting point helps us push through the, the hindrances. And, and so it's almost like what happens next. You know, I, I wrote down when, when you were talking about hindrances on Sunday, I wrote down distractions hmm. that, that there, there are these things that, even if we have the right center and the right core and the right vision and understanding from a biblical standpoint about life and service and ministry, and this is just what I do, it doesn't mean the distractions are going to, they're going to disappear. Right. And so I love, I love what you said, like, don't let those things steal your joy. So whether it's like your children, I know a lot of us right now, we're working from home 
or we're, you know, we're, we're doing the distance learning thing and we love our children. We see them definitely as a blessing from God, but they are distractions. Um, they can be distractions. You know, sometimes we get that, we get a phone call or, um, you know, or there's these events that, that will just kind of interrupt the flow of our, of our life. And one of the, the disciplines that we can practice is just to, to remind ourselves that God is our father and that he is, he is only allowing into our lives, even in these really small ways, in terms of just the, the, the flow of our day or the flow of our week, he's only allowing things that into our lives that are according to his good purpose for us, mm. that he's only going to allow. So, so if, if I'm in the middle of a project or if I'm on a, on a phone call and my child comes up to me, um, that's an opportunity that's for me to continue my service, to, to continue my ministry. Um, it, it's not something that it has the, it has the potential to, to make me angsty or anxious or angry, impatient. But if I can just remember, okay, my father is, he's, he's orchestrating my day. And, and, you know, one of the things that for me, um, that I thought of as I was listening to this on Sunday was just sometimes, and this is kind of pre COVID, but some, sometimes I'd be working in my office and I'm doing, maybe I'm doing my, my schedule for, for, uh, the, the, the bands and the tech teams and the singers and everything. You know, it's, it's kind of something that's takes a lot of concentration and focus, or maybe I'm, I'm doing some study, uh, for a class I have to take, or I'm reading a book, or maybe I'm writing a song or whatever. I'm in the middle of something. And I can't tell you how many times somebody from my ministry context, or maybe a fellow staff person would, would come down the hall and knock on my door and, and interrupt me, right? Quote unquote. And, you know, those things used to really mess with me or frustrate me. And, um, I had to learn and, and God so graciously taught me that, that these, these, uh, interruptions aren't taking me away from ministry. It, they're just a continuation of my ministry and my service. And so there was a shift in my mind that said, okay, th- like this other thing I'm working on, it can wait, you know, because, because people are, are, are what I'm about. You know, this spreadsheet I'm working on is not more important than this person that God has brought into my life. I think it's, and, I think it's a Haddon Robinson. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent if I'm quoting the right person, but he says, uh, uh, people before business because people are our business. Um, wow. and, and he's talking about p- pastoral care, but I do think that that, that, that is so applicable across the board. Um, again, that if we start sacrificing relationship, we start sacrificing, um, people for the sake of some, you know, structure or some form, man, we, we, we miss the mark. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I've got this new relationship that God's brought into my life the last, like, I think nine or 10 months. And, um, it's my, it's my buddy, Joel. Uh, we, we met through quest ministries and, you know, we were just hanging out the other night playing darts and just talking about life. And, and, um, we were just reflecting on how, um, our relationship over the last 10 months has really been a picture of what you were talking about on Sunday in terms of service running both ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm older than him. I'm, I'm a little bit further down the road and, you know, he, he kind of sought me out actually and, and just, and asked, Hey, will you mentor me? You know? 
And we, we, I, we were talking earlier just about how almost that word mentor mentee is, it's almost like a misnomer, right? Because of this principle that we talked about on Sunday, that service runs both ways. And Joel and I were just talking about, yeah, like, man, we have experienced like a unity and a fellowship and, and, and upbuilding to, that has been so, um, it is, it has been mutual. I mean, it is there to like the nth degree. It's not like me just pouring out and investing into him. I mean, certainly I'm doing that, but as I'm doing that, like, man, he's speaking into my life. And, and really I was telling him the other day, like he came, he came to me and God brought him into my life in a moment in my, where I was, I'd kind of like atrophied a little bit in that arena of like mutual upbuilding. And I think I, I was in like a little mini season of just like putting my nose to the grindstone and just doing work, you know? And God really used him to like, like re-inspire me and like refresh me and give me a new focus for, man, this is what, this is what ministry and service is about. Well, I think that speaks, I mean, sorry, it speaks volumes to just what, you know, we've been talking about in these last few weeks, but Paul in, 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 throughout his letters of this, this multifaceted grace that God gives those that belong to him and how that grace manifests in different gifts, right? So even if you're more mature, you, you've, you've, you've been walking this road longer, you're older, even just in age that, that still Joel is created and gifted uniquely to be of benefit to you as you are created uniquely to be of benefit to him, right? And we are for everyone else, right? So yes, you might have that wisdom and that is so important that that we're looking for those people to invest in and, and to, to love on and to care for and to disciple and, and do those things. But just recognizing that it's not just a one-way street. It's so good, Dan, thank you. And, and, and I think in that too, like, Folks, if you're out there listening and this feels intimidating to you, even just the word mentor, mentory, or mentorship, those things can be off-putting or intimidating or seem daunting to, to do what Joel did. Like, hey, will you mentor me? But as we were reminded a couple weeks ago, man, we've all been called to this process. Like we're all servants if we if we believe in Christ. Like we've all been called to this. And so really when I'm picturing that interaction that you had with Joel in the beginning, I'm not picturing him saying, Dan, will you mentor me? I'm picturing him saying, Dan, can we do the Christian life together? Can we do yeah. life together the way that God has told us it needs to be and both be mutually blessed in that process? Which if you think of it in that light, man, so much more approachable for people. Not even of just, oh, this is a good thing I should be doing, but this is a necessity in life with Christ. And if you're not doing this, there are qualities that you're missing out on. Well, and that's that's one of the things that I wrote down too from the messages that that there there is a there's really a, a delight and a blessing and we can enjoy the process of, you know, it's like we see evidences of God's kindness as we live this stuff out. Yep. And I wanted to read Psalm, Psalm 133, and, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit. So it starts in verse one, says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony, or, or some translations say unity. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. And the reason I, I, my mind went there is because of, of what you were talking about, Charlie, as uh, 
God pouring out his blessings um, to us as we are, as we are generous, right? As our, as God has poured his love into us, our cup runs over and then we're generous to others in our service. And what I love about that, um, that language from Psalm 133 is like the psalmist is comparing that blessing to, to this um, anointing oil that was poured onto to Aaron's head when he was consecrated as, as to, to be a priest in the old Testament. And it, and we, you know, you we could get way into the weeds on all that stuff. There's a lot of uh, symbol, symbolicism, symbolicism, symbolism, symbolism. Thank you. <laughs> and imagery and all that stuff. Um, but, but the thing that I wanted to, to talk about that I think relates to what we talked about on Sunday is that, the oil was had this running over kind of diffusive character to it. It, it, it. You know, it was on Aaron's head, but it flowed down to to his garments and on to his beard. And and it and I just think it's such a beautiful picture about how Christian love and service like scatters God's blessings. <laughs> well, I you think know, it, it's like yeah, there's a running down, there's a went down, and so it's like from God to us, and then we share it amongst His people, and then even it goes out into the world too, you know? And I just think that's so beautiful. Our, of a, it's a beautiful imagery f- when we're talking about our service. Yeah. And I think like Charlie, when you just said it a second ago, just the, this multifaceted aspect of, of the Christian life and of the church of Christ. And, and when you, when you, when you envision what you just read, Dan, that oil during that consecration, you know, how good and pleasant it is to have that kind of unity that this oil is soaked in his beard, it's in his clothes, it's inseparable. And in the same way, we're called to be that way with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Charlie, what do you think about that? No, I just think there's so much that scripture um, draws out in that kind of idea of just the abundance that God gives us flows out from us. And as it does that, it, it creates this unification. I mean, it's, it's, we're unified in the spirit. Well, there's this overfilling, right? There's this, this river of life flowing out of me. I told the guys I wouldn't Makes sing. Makes walk and the band to see. opens prison doors. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. We should bring that back. <laughs> right? That's a good one. It's a spring, knee slapper. <laughs> remember, spring up, oh well, splish, splash. Um, but, but right, I mean, there's, there's so much throughout scripture that talks about how we are, the cup overflows, that we we have been, again, Ephesians 1, we have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and he goes on, go, read that, read read the first six verses of Ephesians chapter 1. Um, if we are not connected into that source, if we are not mm-hmm. viewing life in those terms, we're, we're going to... Uh, we're going to miss out. And, and, and I think in a pretty drastic way, like this is the natural thing that takes place. It's not like we earn this, but it comes from relationship and deepening relationship with the Lord. Um, and as we do that, guess what? We're going to be united with others who are deepening in their relationship with the Lord. It's going to have that natural outflow. And, and then really this is, this is what we're all about on this podcast is, is, is beholding Jesus as the fountain, as the fountain of life. I love what, what, what Jesus says to the woman at the well in John four, he says, if any, anyone drinks of the water that I give them, they won't be thirsty again. They'll be, it'll become, this water will become a fresh spring welling up inside of them to eternal life. And then, you know, later on in, in chapter seven of John, Jesus, Jesus kind of even puts a finer point on that and talks about how the Holy Spirit will, will come and dwell in his people. And that, 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 that he will bring this refreshing and this renewing and this, 
this, um, he'll quench that, that inner thirst that we all have. And so that's the source. I mean, so we, we, and we talk about, I, I think that the tendency when we hear a message like this is like, oh man, I got to serve. I got to, I got to, it's that Christian to-do list. You know, we love to just like, we're achievers, you know, we love to like check off the box and it's so important. I mean, that's, that's the scope of this po- podcast is, is to remind us that, um, that stuff is secondary. The, what comes first is, is, is returning to that fountain and letting it, letting it spring forward into what we're talking about. This is great. And man, I was thinking about like when we teach on Sundays or like on Sunday, for example, when you taught Charlie, when we leave off something, a teaching, when we end that, we so often will give a charge or give instruction or kind of a final little hoorah type moment. And I just find it interesting that that Paul, like you said on Sunday, after giving us all these instructions that are very tangible, he says he does you'd think he would say, Man, may God strengthen you, or may God really fuel your fire as you try to pursue these things. But instead he says, Man, may may the God of peace be with you. Which really communicates that that that, like you're saying, is that cup. That's the source is being with the God of peace. And I love the way that you said it on Sunday. Are you making time to be with the God of peace? Mm-hmm. And you, you said that, that we have access to God's tranquility, even in the midst of working hard, which I think Dan really speaks to that process that you were talking about of when you're really in the moment working hard, just that shift of heart and mentality towards disruptions and distractions. Um, so yeah, just that, that, that idea of, of making time to not just know, to know things about God, to, to read scriptures and memorize them, which is obviously so important, but to, to really be intentional in prayer and in, in investing in being with God and pursuing his presence, which isn't something we talk a lot about, God's presence and pursuing that. Yeah, I, I, I really do think like it, it, it's got to start on a foundation of truth, right? We need to know the truth um, it, it, experientially. Uh, it is so important, right? Like that's God created us to experience life, to experience relationship, to experience pain, whatever it might be, right? Uh, and and I don't mean pain in the sense of sin, the, the ramifications of sin, but just of that hard work. We 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 have been created to experience, but we've got to have that grid of truth to process the experience through, right? We don't let our emotions dictate. We don't let the circumstances dictate, but we let the rock of salvation dictate. Uh, uh, what life is and how, how do we, how do we process through it? Um, and, and man, from there comes a deepening and a, a widening, uh, of, of intimacy with him. And man, it is so easy. You know, Dan, we were talking about this before we started uh, uh, the podcast today, but just, it's so easy for us to get so trapped into the to-do lists and the memorization and the tithing or giving or the the serving in whatever ministry I need to serve in, all of those are absolutely holy and wonderful things. But if they are not motivated from a place of deepening intimacy with God, of having that relationship, uh, they are a clanging gong uh, and 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 a, a indiscernible symbol, right? Like they're they're just there is not depth to it. Um, and so, man, we got to make that time to connect with the Savior, to spend time in his presence, to say, I have access to this God of peace. And man, folks who deal with anxiety, who deal with stress, please don't hear me say, here's your easy answer. There, there isn't an easy answer with that stuff. 
But I mean, I guess, again, there is, but it's something that takes developed mindset in, right? To just let yourself continually sit in the presence of the one who is in control of everything, the hindrances, the disruptions, the pandemics, the hard stuff. He allows those things and he is in control of those things. Do we trust him? That's the question, right? Yeah, verse 33, like like we said, it, there's it's kind of odd, like you said on Sunday, but but I just I love how it's may the God of peace be with you. So so there's a being, there's an abiding that we we have to we have to focus in on the presence of God, just being being in that. And and sometimes our our anxiety or our stress or just the busyness of life it's, they, they really pull us, they keep us from that. And so it's, it's something we have to practice. And a number of years ago, we looked at a book, uh, you know, I think it was on a men's retreat or something, but it's, um, it's, uh, it, it's, what's it called? Practicing his presence, yeah. practicing his presence. Yeah. And so it's, it's brother Lawrence and, um, and this other guy, Charlie, who's the other guy, Frank Labock, Frank Labock. And, and I just, I love, kind of the pairing of those two words, like practice and presence, because God gives us so generously and freely his presence. It's there for us. And it, and it is a very, it's just a natural, like organic aspect of relationship with God is that he is present in us um, through his Holy spirit, you know, and that's just a part of our access to God that it's a blessing that we receive from salvation, but we have to get good at it. You know, we have to practice sitting with him. And, um, so we're going to, we'll, we'll link that book in our show notes and it's just a little, it's a little, um, pamphlet really. It's a short little book that just has some conversations between these two guys and no, 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 not, ju- so, journal entries. Oh, yeah. Journal oh, entries. So they're, they're sorry, guys sorry. that lived, that lived years and years apart. Um, yeah. brother Lawrence, a monk who, who, I mean, if you, you've probably heard of him, but, um, you know, just made it his mission that in every single moment he wanted to be serving, God, no matter what he was doing. Frank LeBach was a, just a prolific missionary. Um, I believe he served in the Philippines, um, but just had this, this desire to grow in his intimacy and connection. Can I read a quick quote? Please. This is, this is LeBach. He says, oh, this thing of keeping in constant touch with God, making him the object of my thought and the companion of my conversations is the most amazing thing I ever ran across. And it's working. I can't do it for even half a day, not yet, but I believe I shall be doing it someday for the entire day. It is a matter of acquiring a new habit of thought. Now, I like God's presence so much that when for half an hour or so he slips out of my mind, as he does many times a day, I feel as though I'd have deserted him and as though I had lost something very precious in life. And I, I love it because, I mean, I go through these moments. I was even talking to just one of my dear friends who's just had a rough couple of months and, and the Lord finally got his attention. And, and really he came to this realization that, that throughout these last couple of months, his eyes have been taken off the savior. He's been focusing on other things and he just felt this pit, this something was missing. Something was, was off and, and the Lord got his attention and he's, he's, he's back on track and it's so encouraging to see and hear. Um, but man, I think we've all been in that place where I'm like, man, I'm grumpy all the time. Uh, things aren't going well. Uh, everything just feels, feels off. 
And then I go like, well, I haven't really spent time with my Savior. I haven't, I haven't spent time in his presence. I have not tapped into the peace and the, and the hope and the life that he provides. Uh, we've got to have that connection. And I, I think it's worth, worth it for all of us to, to push for that more. Charlie, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, and I think I want to circle back on that note. Maybe this can be what we kind of uh, land the plane on. But just that, that topic of trust. You know, when you were just talking about um, making time with God, you, you ended by asking the question, do you trust God? And it got me thinking of just of when we trust things, there, there's a correlation there or there's, there's a flip side. Are you guys familiar with the trust fall? You know what that is? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, beholders, whatever you want to call yourselves. If you're not familiar, the trust fall is the thing where you stand in front of somebody with your back turned to them and you say trust fall and you just fall backwards. And, and in that moment, you're communicating something. And oftentimes, you know, they, they prank you or let you fall. And that's not the model we're looking at here. But when you're doing that, you're saying, I trust you. Therefore, I'm expecting you to catch me. And that's, that's, the, that's the same thing with anything. If we're saying we trust something, there's always going to be that flip side of, I trust what you say. Therefore, I'm expecting you to do what you say you're going to do. The same thing with our relationship with God. We trust God to be faithful to the things that he's promised us. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think like, man, in that, in that process of making time to be with God and spending time in prayer, are we trusting him in a deep way that inevitably we can't, we can't not do this? Are we trusting him so much that not only are we believing him, but we're expecting and anticipating him to act in certain ways? So what do you guys think about that? I mean, we should talk about that a little bit. Just how do we pray, pray with anticipation and expectation of God? Yeah, well, I mean, I think first it comes to um, growing in our understanding of his character, right? It, like it's... it's um, that's what faith is, right? I mean, in in one of its in one of its definitions is is saying I'm going to look upon this person, what he says about himself, and I'm going to choose that that is the reality, right? Um, and and we could we could take that into like marriage, right? When I stood in front of all all my friends and family and I made covenant vows to Sarah and she made those covenant vows to me, we we were choosing to trust one another to step into this relationship, right? Um, and thankfully th- for the most part, right. Those vows have been met. We definitely have our moments and we're growing, but, but we're still committed to those same vows. Um, but as it is with humans, oftentimes we fail, right? We fail in those things, but here's the thing, right? That's the beauty of a God who never, ever fails. Like, do we trust that? Do we really, uh, live our lives in light of those kinds of convictions, um, and, and let me tell you, as somebody who does and who has experienced life under those assumptions, if you will, under that faith system, uh, my experience has been in line with what God says about himself. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He is going to follow through, which gives me incredible access, you know, incredible boldness when I come to him in prayer, uh, because even if he doesn't answer the way I want him to, I still trust that he wants to accomplish good in my life, that he is dedicated to producing Christ-likeness in me, even in the situations that are difficult. So I can view life, I can view the circumstances, I can view the chaos from the lens that my God is faithful and that he promises to use it for my good and that he is gonna, even, even in worst case scenario types of situations, I can believe in him. And man, 
In that, I can go to him boldly. In that, I can go to him with this, with this absolute expectation. Not that he might, he might not give me what I want, but that's, and that's fine because he is dedicated to what I need. And, and as, as time goes on, my wants, my desires begin to reflect his desires and wants more and more. And I see in powerful ways the answers to those prayers. Well, it goes, it goes back to him revealing himself as a father, as our heavenly father. And if, if even our, our earthly fathers who are flawed and sinful and who mess up know how to give good gifts yep. to us, how much more will our heavenly father who's perfect in every way know how to give good gifts? So, so it goes back to our understanding of, of that. And another thing that I was thinking about is we see in this text that Paul is, is asking for, for prayer and he's, and he's asking for, for some things that, um, that it's really interesting to me. He's asking for some things that he knows that God already wants to do and produce, Mm -hmm. right? He's asking for, um, you know, in verse 31, that, that he, that he may be able to come and, and, and preach to the unbelievers in Judea. Right. And he's asking that God, he's asking that God will bless his service, right. For Jerusalem. And, and that, 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 that all of that will be acceptable. Um, that there will be a continuation of, of unity and delight and joy and refreshment and, and protection. Right. And, and we see that in verse 31 and 32. So he, he's praying for things that, that, he knows that are things that God already wants to do and produce for him and for his people. And so when I think about, when I think about the situation that we're in right now, where similar to Paul, we're not able to be in physical proximity with, with the, 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 the people that we're in service to right now. And, and I'm not just talking about us as pastors, but as Charlie's been t- teaching us the last couple of weeks is, there's no, there's no separation between pastors and non-pastors. Like we're all in this together. We're all called to unity and service, but just like Paul with where he was at and, and the, who he was writing to physical proximity was, was, was not possible at that moment, but it was not a determining, determining factor for unity and service. It's harder for sure. It takes some determination as Charlie was reminding us, um, but what I love about, um, you know, his prayer and, and his request for prayer was that he anticipated great blessing from the father in response that he, so he gave us a, just a great model, but, but again, it comes back to, um, praying the kinds of things that, that, that we know from scripture that God already wants to produce and the things that he's already shown his blessing, um, towards. And so one of the things that I I think, um, is really important for us is in this time when we're, when we're physically distanced from each other, man, some of us don't know what, what to do with regards to service. And so I just want to encourage us to, to, to pray for people. Like if there's something, if there's something that you're used to, to doing, you know, maybe you physically go somewhere. Like we were talking to somebody in our um, connect group who has a ministry to um, a convalescent home and she would go and, and bring music and encourage the people there. And, you know, we were, she was, she was expressing like some sadness that she's not able to do that right now. And so we just, we just throw out, throughout the idea in our group, Hey, what, 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 what if you pr- start praying for these people, you know, for the staff and for the, the patients and, um, you know, sometimes, uh, 
I think we would all agree that prayer is the first and best thing we can do, but sometimes it's the only thing we can do to serve. Mm -hmm. And, and when, when I think when we're in moments of anxiety and stress and discomfort, um, prayer is, is a beautiful, um, response for us. And what we see in, in Philippians four, that if we make our requests known to God, and if we, in Thanksgiving, bring those things to the Lord in prayer, um, we're going to experience a, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's a great opportunity for us now more than ever to develop this habit of, of prayer. Dang, Daniel. So I'll say to that, that's such a, <laughs> such a healthy and needed reminder of just how not helpless we are. Like sometimes we feel so helpless, especially with everything going on right now with COVID and, and everything. It's like, we feel like we can't do anything, but we know we've been empowered by God. We can pray with confidence and with anticipation, expecting not only for him to answer those prayers, but to be working in our hearts and lives in that process as well. And that makes me think of, uh, Charlie, the, those action steps you gave us at the end on Sunday and the big one, the big charge, which if you're listening to this and you you didn't watch on Sunday, we're giving it to you right now. The big charge is to, to pick three people in your life and pray for protection and delight for those people, however often you want to do it, daily, hourly, monthly, whatever. The point is to just get praying because as a people, we want to do that. We want, we want to show that we trust God with our actions and with our prayer. And in that trust, that, that God's going to be doing work. Um, Charlie, do you have anything to add on that front? Yeah, I just, I just think that we, uh, in seasons like this, it can be so easy to, to lose that focus and to lose even, even connection with folks. Um, and, and I know that a lot of folks are still, you know, doing their small groups, still doing connect groups and that kind of stuff. But man, there's plenty of faces that you are not seeing, uh, on a weekly basis like you were before. And that, that's the pool I want you to be thinking about. Uh, about who to pray for and and who to be thinking about, who to be, reach out to, um, yeah, and 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 go to the Lord with this anticipation that that as as God answers those prayers for protection and for delight for them in the process of whatever life is looking like right now, that it is going to make the reunion. It's going to make our time together when we when we get to see each other and be in the same place together just that much better. It's, it's worth the investment. It- yeah, and let me just, you know, just another idea just came to mind is we we definitely, man, prayer, God, God moves so mightily in prayer, especially when we're praying in, in alignment with his will that he has already revealed to us through scripture. But also, man, it can be so powerful to just send a text message to someone to say, hey, I was praying for you this morning, you know, or or to to even write a letter and, and include a prayer mm. in your letter. Or, okay, this one might be a little out of the box, but pick up the phone, call that person, pray with them. Whoa. What's a, what's a phone? Can you nope. Whoa. No, no okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, because praying for people is definitely a way we can serve, but to pray with someone, man, that's such, that's such an, an encouraging thing. And talk about joy and refreshment. Um, so, so, as you... Think of those names, and as you you engage in, um, you know, get into the habit of praying for them daily. Let them know that you're praying for them. It can be so powerful. Yeah, amen to that. Um, Bible says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. And we know that that love is not a feeling; love is an action. 
And, and those are all actionable things. Sending a text, making a phone call, that is how we can demonstrate our love for one another. So thank you, Dan, for that reminder. Uh, Charlie, do you have anything you want to end with besides how dashing your mustache is looking? See. This is a podcast. People can't see it, Sean. Oh. It's a lot of mustache talk, too, lately on the pod. Hey, guys, I'd love to stay, but I mustache. Oh, that's really good. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I just I I love this community, and I am I anticipate uh, such joy and excitement uh, when we when we're back together. And join me in just praying uh, for 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 folk for folks, and and uh, and trusting the Lord in this process, and keeping our eyes centered on on Jesus, um, and 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 knowing that as we do that. Um, however long this goes, uh, however it plays out, we can weather this um, because he is the source of peace and the source of life. And and don't forget, probably Sean, you're probably going to say this anyway, but don't forget to come on Thursday night to our drive-in prayer event. You know, people uh, people have been really chomping at the bit to get back together and to do something together. And so it's really cool that our first opportunity to do that is a prayer event. And I think it's going to reveal a lot uh, about what our church thinks about prayer. And so I'm hoping that we we just get an amazing turnout, a line down the down the street of cars or, or just whatever. So come to that Thursday. What is it? Seven o'clock? Yep. yep. So yeah, okay. thank, thank you, Dan. Um, and yeah, if you're listening and you haven't heard about that yet, go ahead and go to vbc.online and just click events and you can get all the info you need for, for coming to our prayer drive-in. We would truly and just genuinely love to see your face there. Uh, thanks again, guys, for, for listening, for beholding, however you want to say it. We're so grateful that we get to do this with each other, but really with you guys. We're so grateful that we get to partake in this process of doing life the way that God designed it with all of you. So thank you for allowing us to uh, yeah just have your time. And uh, lastly, this is our prayer for you and for all of us um, as, as we leave, that, that the God of peace would be with you, that you would be doing what you need to be doing to seek that out, that the God of peace would be with you and you would be with him and receive the many blessings that come from that. Thanks again, guys. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.